Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Mike Max, 3 to 6, News Talk 830 WCCO, Twins, Yankees. Tonight, Terry Steinbach will join us at the 5 o'clock hour to break it down. What's it like to play the Yankees? The damn Yankees. The, um... I was telling Benita this earlier today. Um, of all the of all the things, the spectacles that I've seen in sports, one of the great nights was walking back one night from after the Twins had played the Yankees, and I was parked over by WCCO Radio. And they, at that time, they stayed. Uh, they don't anymore. They stayed next door. Maybe they do. I don't think they do. They stayed next door. And and as I got closer, I'm going, "Holy cow! This is a this is a crowd." I mean, they were lined up. It's eleven fifteen at night. It's a beautiful night in the summer, but they were lined up six deep across the street in the hotel just to watch Yankees who had come back from their game against the Twins. And now they had gone to the hotel, and now they were coming back out getting in, in, in basically getting in cabs to go wherever they go at night, you know, probably just to get a bite to eat or something. Um, but uh, the people were lined up just to watch, and they weren't getting autographs. They weren't allowed to get that closer security everywhere. Uh, all they could do was wave and yell, "Hey, Derek, you know, good game." You know, Aaron over here. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, CC Sabathia was on that team. Robinson Cano, Nick Swisher. Uh, they had some players now, but it was it was movie star like when the New York Yankees came to town. Similar to that was last night. David Josephson left. The, this is really amazing timing. He, we got to get done with the show. Whatever it is, five fifty eight, right before six o'clock. He's got a six fifteen game in St. Louis Park, <laughs> and he made it. Uh, kind of right. You got there. You, you missed a half an inning. Well, yeah. This is this is a common occurrence for me, Maxie, because I I play softball and I get done here at six, so I just I, I make it work. So I tell everybody I'll be there three minutes late this time. I got there in the top of the no 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 the bottom of the first inning. My team had hit, and then my team was in yeah. the field as I was walking up. And well, there was one on and one out, and I got in the game. I was yeah. playing second base. Boom. Ground ball to shortstop over to me. Turned uh, turn the double play. I kind of had to step through the base because the throw was a little short. So you step through and then you make the yeah, throw so on the you, inside. You did the pivot. And, yep. and, and, and I didn't was, do the back. With a, I usually, it was a dead arm. Yep. Dead arm meaning you hadn't warmed up. That's the first time I touched the ball. And, and you threw a bullet? Uh, I threw a little low. We got a good a little, first okay. baseman. Scoop? Just a little low. Scooper. Um, hit dirt or not? I think it did hit dirt. That one did. Yeah. So now everybody's happy. Hey, man, we're so glad yeah. David could make the game. We got a double play. And now it gets better. Well, yes, I missed the first inning, so I wasn't, you know, they bat me down in the lineup because, right, because, because I'm late, right? So I was batting as far down the lineup as they can. Seventh or eighth, I think, out of ten, yeah. and I get in the dugout and they say, all right, you're up, DJ. And I go, oh, okay. So 
again, I, I touched the ball once to turn that double yep. play, and now I'm touching the bat for the first time. Uh, base hit. I think that one was between the hole at uh, third and between third and shortstop. And you're right handed, so it was pull pull. Yeah, yeah, I pulled it. Yeah. Pure pull. Wow. And then you won both games. I mean, that's a pretty good night. Uh, we did, we did. I uh, and we had a walk off win on our second one. Holy cow! Which is pretty fun. Holy so it was a very cow. fun night of softball. I used to play a ton. I played baseball till I was 44 years old mm-hmm. competitively. And I played in college for four years, and I played amateur ball for years. But we played back in Gaylord for several of those years. Not all of them, but for the first probably. I probably drove back from the cities for uh, 10 or 11 years to Gaylord. And so if you had a game tonight, and the game usually started at 8 during the week, uh, uh, seven on the, on the, on Sundays, uh, you, you would, uh, you would carpool and you would let her fly. And back then, of course, were, cell phones weren't part of the deal. Mm-hmm. So you are, were always watching. First of all, you watched to see how dark it looked out west. Yeah. You know, is there a chance we're going to get rained out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes, depending on when the game started or what the traffic was like, you would get there in scenarios like that. You'd be changing in the back seat of the car out of my work clothes from WCCO TV in a suit and, and putting a baseball uniform on, uh, getting there just in time, loosen your hamstring, try to throw two balls, and, and the next thing you know, you're in the lineup hitting. And I always debated whether I was, I don't know, statistically, now they'd have data and all that stuff. Was I better off doing it that way as opposed to going and taking batting practice and thinking it through? Because you don't think, you mm-hmm, just hit. Mm-hmm. You don't have a, you're just thankful to be there. So you grab a bat and you go up there and, and, and you, and you just, you know, it's like you, almost like you got nothing to lose. Yep. And, and I think there's some value in that sometimes because because you don't think you just play. Yeah, you probably need both, but I agree that I, you know, I think I play just as good or maybe better just coming straight out of You're the car. You're so and worried about not making the game go. on time that you don't get nervous about the game. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You know what also I noticed last night, Maxie, is I mean, this is just like D League softball. It's just a yeah. bunch of guys that get to pretend we're kids again but for you play. a couple You're hours a week. There. Yeah. But last night it was so nice that a bunch of the um, families and wives came and I I looked at the bench. And they're like, you know, sophisticated, grown adults that have kids and responsibilities. And I look at the field and we just, you know, look like a bunch of, you know, we don't have uniforms. We're just a bunch you of ragtag kids are out uniforms? there. No, 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 no. We just get out there and play. You have umpires? And, yeah, yeah, there's one umpire. Yeah. But I just looked need. at the guys. I said, you know, we look like a bunch of, you know, 12-year-olds out yeah. here just playing a game and running around and doing our, And, you know, all of your wives look, you know. Like they're real adults that are productive members of society. It doesn't make sense. I know. I know. So anyway. (laughs) One time I was a sophomore in high school going into my junior year, and and they used to have this big 4th of July tournament always in Gaylord, and uh, a softball tournament. But but I played baseball at the time. I never played softball, but every once in a while you'd play, you know, if somebody needs you. And I'm sitting, I'm shooting baskets in my driveway. It was probably the 3rd of July, and a car pulls up, and it's Scott Bandemir and Todd Zimmerman. Now, they're about six, seven years older than me, and they got a team together, and it is the best that Gaylord has to offer of the alumni. And and we had Randy Heideman on that team who had played for the Minnesota Twins organization, and Wayne Dietz, who was Woodbury coach for years, and and, and, and Todd Zimmerman and Scott Bandemir and Randy Gregus and Arthur Gregus and all these people. Well, they're one short. And they said, get in the car. You're coming to play softball with us. Now, now this was the thrill of a lifetime for me because the big guys had come to get me from the playground and say, you know, you're going to be on our team. And they said, just get on base. We'll do the rest. And I can remember that day vividly because we won the tournament. But I'm playing with the best. Of the, all these guys had played sports in college, and, and, and they were all 6 to 15 years older than me. And I just held them in such high esteem. And to get to play with them and contribute, it was like the thrill of a lifetime. When we come back, the Juneteenth celebration 
is back, and it has a couple of new variations that should make it even more fun than it's been in the past. We'll explain when we come back. Mike Maxian on WCCO. Welcome back. Mike Maxing in 3 to 6 for Paul and Jordana. Joining us, Tommy McBriar, community organizer in the Central Night, they call it. Um, he's been on this show before. Jordana met him down at uh, George Floyd Square. And he joins us on the John Schuster Colo Banker Hotline. But he, they've got a new Juneteenth teen celebration uh, coming up on uh, a week from uh, Sunday. Juneteenth is a federal holiday in the United States commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans. It always bears repeating. Tommy, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Max. What, what, what will it be like this year, and how will it be different than years past? Oh, man, you know, as you said it, uh, last year was finally um, uh, decorated as a holiday for African Americans. So we are going to take advantage of it, you know, by putting all different type of events going on in the city. So we wanted to focus on putting one together in South Minneapolis at the Sabathany Community Center um, because of the historical uh, uh, black um, uh, history uh, that Sabathany holds. It's, an, it's the oldest nonprofit in Minneapolis. So I uh, wanted to bring the energy back to back to South Minneapolis. When was Sabathany uh, christened and originated? Oh, man, it was like in 1971, I believe. It was right after Bryan High School that Prince went to um, after it became uh, after it stopped being a school, it became a community center, uh, and it, it was it's named Sabathany. Yeah, yeah. And what what kind of activities were you going on there? So we are putting on the first three on three justice basketball tournament. And um, uh, so another thing, Max, is June is a gun awareness month. So we wanted to create a basketball tournament to support victims and uh, survivors of gun violence um, by uh, making this. Um, uh, uh, making this event a three-on-three justice so every team will be named after a victim of gun violence and keep their names going. Um, so, yeah, so we're doing a three-on-three basketball tournament. We're going to have bouncy houses for kids. We'll have, um, we'll have food vendors. We'll have music. We'll have games uh, for kids to play and uh, bouncy houses as well. So it's going to be a real nice family fun entertainment and uh, a family fun event. Is there a category for over fifty white guys who can't uh, jump at six one and less? <laughs> yes, yes. There's I can still shoot it now, Tommy. Don't give me time because I'll knock it down. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of room. Uh, we 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 make it available for all age groups. So we uh, we're starting off at age eleven all the way to twenty five plus. So uh, eventually we'll have a a, a forty plus. Le- uh, a forty-plus bracket, but right now 50. it's going to be twenty-five plus. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. Let me know when it gets to fifty. I don't want to deal with those young forty-year-olds anymore. You know, <laughs> they'll break my ankles. Tommy, what what does Juneteenth feel like in Minneapolis since the death of George Floyd? How how is it different? Man, it's, it's been different, man. Because you know, after the George Floyd, the African American population really got hit in so many different uh, ways. Um, first, dealing with COVID. Uh, then dealing with George, um, and then like just the just the realization of a lot of people came and made a lot of different like different motives around George Floyd, and the people that's been suffering the most is the people that actually live in Minneapolis, and the people that got stuck with the trauma uh, from George Floyd, from the uprisings, from hearing flashbangs, and you know dealing with the smoke in the air. Um, uh, a lot of us are dealing with a lot of trauma right now, so be able to create this event. You know, for uh, black joy, uh, for people just to come out and have some fun, 
to not uh uh um not to be just stuck in the, the trauma place. So be able to play some basketball and just be able to hear some music and be around different culture, uh, I think it's going to be very, very important for the neighborhood. And it's very, just for the culture. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's going to be beneficial for sure. Tommy McBriar, uh, community organizer, I, I know this sounds like a, a, a question that uh, uh, seems strange to some, uh, but during the, those days of the riots, there was a time when I was over there in the, Hiawatha area with the uh, Native Americans that were protecting their school and their community by by standing across the road. They weren't letting anybody go through because they wanted to minimize destruction. While we were standing there in South Minneapolis, you, you know the area as well, not far from Franklin, Cedar, Lake Street, all those areas, uh, mm-hmm. we heard pop, pop, pop. And uh, I, I, I've shot a lot of guns in my life, hunting and whatnot, uh, but it, it was a couple blocks away. It wasn't as if we were in, you know, in, in grave danger, uh, but everybody went running. Uh, and, and I thought I couldn't tell the difference between that and a firecracker. Uh, mm. But they said, no, those are gunshots. Can, can you discern that difference? Because there's a lot of bangs and pops in the middle of the night. Can you tell the difference? Um, I actually, I mean, with these, there, I mean, it depends. You know, uh, there is some fireworks that can sound like um, uh, uh, like guns. You know, you got M16s, you know, that you can light, you know, for fireworks. But I'm pretty sure you can. The, the amount of rounds sometimes can separate if it's a fireworks or if it's real. So um, I say regardless, take caution, you know, if you, if you just so you be be sure. You know, I, I don't think nobody can specifically say, like, oh, you know, those are fireworks. I just think I think just take precaution anytime you hear anything that sounds uh, of that nature, to be honest. Yeah, tell me that straight up. How good is, yeah. the, how good is the food going to be? Oh man, it's gonna be awesome, man. We got some a uh, nice local. A lot, a lot of a lot of the um, vendors and stuff are gonna be mostly all, all uh, small businesses. So we want people to come out and support. The food's gonna be good. It's from uh, ten to six p.m. on a Sunday. It is on Father's Day, so we are uh, we are actually doing a, a Father's Day march as well, Max. We're gonna be doing a Father's Day march that's starting at George Floyd Square on 30th Chicago, and we'll be walking down to 38th and Clinton where. Um, Sabathony is that uh, we we uh, we made we created this event after George Floyd you know George, uh, George Floyd died in May so we did we did a, a Father's Day march because he didn't make it to Father's Day um, so we we've been continue uh, that so now we walk in solidarity with brothers fathers sons uh, and we and we walk for the fathers that couldn't make it to Father's Day uh, from whatever experience from health to violence to um, whatever the nature is. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. uh, Tommy, I, I was having a conversation recently with a leader from the African-American community, and they were talking about fatherless homes in the urban and, and how uh, detrimental that is uh, to trying to raise kids the right way. And, and, and I've always thought of that as the reason that you needed, you know, fatherless homes versus a father in the home is you needed somebody to be at home to monitor them, to, to set them straight when they're at the dinner table, all those things. And, and he, he told me something that I hadn't thought of before. He said, that, that's only part of it. He says, mm-hmm. how do you think those kids feel when, when there's an, a, an event at the school and everybody else's dad is there or most of them except their dads? How do you think mm-hmm. that makes them feel if their dad just walked out on them and, and, and they've, they're going, why? Why wasn't that good enough? Why, why? I mean, that's pretty – I hadn't thought of it that way. But mm-hmm. th- that's layers deep and, and, and it's a very uh, big piece of uh, what goes on in the urban right now, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. that's that's man, that's that's the urban community. You know, um, a lot of a lot of that's why we do what we do. That's why I came up with this event for Father's Day because I am one of the guys that you know I, it, it, is a fatherless kid. You know, um, I do know the the benefits of not having a father. 
um, and how much that can be uh, tra- traumatic on your life. You know, a lot of different reasons uh, that that play in a part. And another reason, uh, this this tournament is hosted by Don't Shoot Gun Shoot Hoops, Max. I am the CEO and president of my own nonprofit called Don't Shoot Gun Shoot Hoops. So um, uh, gun gun violence is a problem. So, you know, you use your platform to talk about these issues. So father, like you said, father household, single father households, from getting right from the system to, you know, being a little reason why child support that keep a father out the household. So we want to be able to just support fathers in general, create this space, you know, because they, we get a, we get, we get attacked in a lot of different ways. <laughs> mm, yeah, I hear you, man. Well, I'm glad you're doing it. Thanks for doing it. And, and never forget this, Tommy, if it's the only thing you remember, if you need a guy that just needs to, wants to sit outside the three point line, the team needs him and he's just going to shoot it all day. Give me a call. Okay. <laughs> I keep you on speed down, man. <laughs> okay, down. yeah. Put put me in your files. I've heard that before. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it, bud. Keep up the good man, work. Man, appreciate you. Thank you. And tell uh uh Jordan uh Jordine, I said hello and uh the uh, your team at uh WCCO. Thank uh, you for support. We will for sure and, and our thoughts and prayers are all never far from Jordana, but thank you. Uh you know it's raining at Rainy Lake. Well that makes sense, doesn't it? But how about this flooding problem we got going on up there in the International Falls area? We'll visit with someone who's right in the middle of it that can tell us what that means and how it affects the summer of 2022. Stay with us. Mike Max in for Paul and Jor on WCCO. I love a rainy night, but this is ridiculous, as they say. I asked that question because, of course, if uh, you've been paying attention at all, the governor was up there over the weekend uh, to visit the folks in the Rainy Lake area. Joining us, Laurel Bigger, editor of the Rainy Lake Gazette. Um. Hi, John, John Schuster, uh, group Caldwell Banker Hotline. There we go, Laurel. How are you? Do I understand this right? It's call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have forty-seven new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Raining right now as we speak? It is raining right now. <laughs> Not what, what you we guys need. do to create this? <laughs> well, we went from drought very quickly to flood. One yeah. extreme to another. Boy, yeah, yeah, it was great. But explain what's happened over the last month. Well, uh, between snow melt uh, and frozen ground, and then you know huge amounts of rain. Uh, that April twenty second storm, which I think hit a lot of the state. Uh, the problem is, is ours just kept coming. Um, you know, some pretty record breaking rainfalls um and you know we're such a huge watershed basin that you know if it rains 60 miles away from us but not here it eventually comes to us so you know we drain from north and east for quite a ways so so the most affected right now are who uh uh cab 
uh, Rainy Lake uh, residents, Rainy River residents. Um, you know, uh, the city of Rainier is uh, a little port city. It has a, a rail bridge that connects it to Canada. Uh, it's it's not compromised yet, but it, it sure looks scary to have the water quite so close to that bridge. Um, strangely, our resorts um, and lodges are open uh, and doing the best they can, feeding people, having rooms for some people. They've closed some cabins, but they do have lodges, and they're doing the best they can. Are they able, I mean, are docks in place? Are, are the docks, been, has it gone over and flooded the docks? Are, are you able to get out and fish as you normally would? Well, um, just in the last few days, uh, most of our landings have become unusable. Um, docks are underwater. Uh, people are walking, you know, walking out onto their boats and getting out. Um, fishing uh, has pretty much ended, uh, but for a few people, hardy souls out there. Um, but yeah, there, I think this is so historic that uh, people want to see it. So, so it, I mean... Obviously, the industry is so contingent upon these summer months and 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 the resorts and right. everything else. Now, now you got a bump in some respects because they shut down Canada there for a while during COVID, and, and I think that I don't think many Canadians come to Minnesota to fish, but I think the Minnesotans that would have gone to Canada went to places like Rainy Lake, etc. So, so you, you, I think you've had a little bit of a boom the last couple of years summers. Am I correct? That's true. It was unexpected. People panicked, but yeah, it ended up working out, keeping people in the United States over here. And, and, and so the resort owners are reacting. How are there things that they can do? Can they become adaptable on the fly here? Is there anything they can do to offset for right now? Right now they're pumping basements um, like crazy. Wow. There's the sandbagging effort up here. You know, we have the Minnesota National Guard, I think about 100 of them right now, uh, filling sandbags at one of our local parks and residents and helpers and volunteers are delivering sandbags to these places, um, including homes, uh, to try to build dikes, you know, or, or, or to try to stop the water from coming. Right now, the, the rise is just starting to slow because the lake is expanding and spreading out. Uh, it's almost unrecognizable even to people who live here when you drive out. Is, is that significant, huh? Yeah. Yes, uh, Highway 11, uh, the... MnDOT has been building up uh, in an emergency, you know, to try to keep this island that has another lodge and many homes still travelable by by car. Uh, but number of homes have been voluntarily evacuated. Um, we have Red Cross here uh, set up a, a temporary shelter. I don't think most people are taking advantage of it yet because they have family and friends to go to, but. It's uh, it's 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 pretty, it's pretty hard on people right now. It is, it, it, for people that have never had their basement flooded or flooding to their homes. I mean, th that is not an easy process because you don't realize the damage that's been done. You know, I remember the first time that happened to us. You think, well, we'll just clear the carpet out. Well, you don't realize what's happened uh, to the mold. To the you know, pretty soon it's a, it's a major product and it's a problem and it's a major headache. And, and it sounds like it hasn't crested completely there. In, in other words, there's still homes in jeopardy and there's still people that don't know the extent of the damage. Absolutely. This is going to be a long haul for folks. It's, uh, Rainy Lake's not expected to peak until mid-June um, and then stay, you know, 
up high for months and months. Um, right now, our sheriff just estimated that there's about 600,000 bags of sand hmm. uh, helping to protect properties, uh, and it probably will be a million before we're done here. Um, and the other problem is... And, of is- course, that all requires... Up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when the water gets that deep, it, it poses other problems. As people, you know, you you don't want to be accessing it. You don't know what's underneath you if it's now flooded areas that that were were not normally you know used for that. You, you you can there can be things underneath you that you've never experienced before, and so you really need to either stay off the water or really know what you're doing. And then the other thing is when it gets windy, the waves are that much bigger, and it cr- creates even more damage. And so this thing compounds itself, yeah. doesn't it? It does, and that is the concern right now. Even though we're not, <laughs> we weren't forecast to get any rain for a few days here. Um, if we get winds from the north, you know, because uh, rainy, you know, we're on the south shore of Rainy Lake, um, that could be trouble. Right now, there's a emergency uh, 300 foot no wake zone on all of Rainy Lake right now, uh, in an attempt to keep any boats from causing problems. But I think that's Issue's over now. <laughs> Laurel, Laurel Biggers, our guest, uh, she, she is the editor of the Rainy Lake Gazette. Have people come up there for specifically, they go, as long as the resort's open, I'm, I, maybe I can't fish, but I want to experience what it is that this flood is. Has that been part of it? Or, or do most people, are they refraining and just staying home? Uh, I think there's, I think people who have reservations are calling and finding out, you know, if it's open and uh, they're coming. Um, you know, because they are remaining open right now. Um, and uh, I think it is historic. It's, you know, we've surpassed our 1950 record flood. Um, and this is all new. Every day is something new for folks. Um, but yeah, there there's a number of uh, volunteers. We have some church groups that I'm coming from across the nation with, with members. Um, lots of volunteers coming up to help who have, you know, loved Voyagers National Park and Rainy Lake and want to do what they can to help us. Laurel, we appreciate it very much. Hang in there. Access us if we can be a, a beacon of a message at minimum for you. Well, thank you. And thanks for asking about us. We're always glad to hear people are concerned when we've got issues up here. That's it. We're all one in Minnesota, you know. Stay strong. Stay strong. Laurel, thank you so much. Uh, when we come back, um, How's this for you talk about a drought and a flood? It's, it'll be a part of the, this next conversation. The drought was 70 years. The flood occurred last week, and it has to do with baseball. What, what could that be, Max? What, what on earth could you be talking about? Find out when we come back. Don't forget it's Twins Ticket Tuesday. Coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Find out how you can win a six-pack of tickets to see the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, we're talking some serious material. Steinbach's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour as well to break down the Twins and the New York Yankees. First place against first place tonight at Target Field. Joining us right now, a guy that's in first place for now, and he loves it. And the John Schuster Caldwell Banker hotline is Brian Kelly. His team, St. Louis Park, won the section baseball tournament and will play in the state tournament. And, uh, and that's next week. What makes this uh, not an oddity, but certainly... Um, a fun story is that St. Louis Park has not been in the state baseball tournament for 70 years, 7-0. And they won last night to qualify, and he joins us. Now, Brian, thank you for joining us, and congratulations. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us, having me on. Would you have some crazy games with Hopkins in that tournament? Oh, my gosh, it was crazy. Yeah, you know, 
the first game we played them, you know, in round three, the semifinal, you know, Hokinson just had an amazing performance to advance to the championship. And man, we sure needed that, uh, that, that position of needing to be beat twice because losing a 10 inning battle uh, game one was, was pretty deflating. And for the guys to come back in game two and uh, score four on the top of the first and just take control and keep control was, was amazing. I saw the uh, the video uh, Danny Bissonette sent me when your assistance of, of the celebration when the game ended. And it yeah. looked like it had some oomph to it. It looked like it had some energy to it. It looked like the kids playing recognized uh, the significance of what they had done for the school. Explain that. Yeah, you know, um, it's been such a big thing, um, you know, the last seven years, uh, six seasons, because, you know, the COVID season, the last six seasons, um, been such a big thing in our community is just to build sustained success and just have a good baseball program from top to bottom you know little league traveling the whole baseball community and um we all knew it had been since 1952 um you know since we had made state but we had a bracket taped up in our dugout for each playoff game and everything was taped off except the game in front of our face and we were just trying to stay you know really focused on the task at hand each game and uh, I was so proud of the guys for turning that page um, after getting beaten 10 innings with our ace on the hill. Um, oh, those, those, those can really be deflating. Yeah, especially for a high school kid, yep. you know. Uh, but we had some great assistant coaches that stepped up and got the guys ready to go, and the boys were so resilient. You know, we got a team full of multi-sport athletes, a bunch of football, hockey, uh, basketball guys, a bunch of three-sport athletes. They're all They've all just played competitively, you know, for so many years, so many levels, so many sports that they were just ready to roll. You know, after about 15 minutes being bummed out, we let them go on their phones, chill out, you know, just kind of do their thing for about five, 10 minutes and then turn the page. And what makes it significant, what, one of the reasons you see those three sport athletes, that that's how St. Louis Park has to roll. Your section, a lot of the teams that you play are filled with one sport athletes. Yeah, you know, we take a lot of pride in, in being a, a smaller fish in the, in the big pond. You know, we, uh, we think it's really cool that we play against all the big schools. And we also think it's really cool that we need our athletes in St. Louis Park to play multiple sports. And we take a lot of pride in that. Um, coaching hockey players at baseball is awesome. Um, you know, they just, these grinders, they're our, our top two hitters, you know, Ben Farley and Stanley uh, Regenti, you know, are both football, hockey, baseball, you know, three sport athletes. And they are just, tough as nails it's <laughs> you could watch them and not know their background at all and be like yeah that's a hockey kid or that's a football hmm. kid um it's unbelievable you know you know when you texted we were texting back and forth earlier today and you said uh, sorry i didn't get back to you sooner i've been flooded and when you said that i go it's, you live in st louis park i don't know what that means have you been flooded with texts and phone calls or have you been flooded because st louis park <laughs> is the flooding headquarters of, of the twin cities right now yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I, you know, I'm born and raised in St. Louis Park. I uh, moved away, lived in Arizona for four years, then came back and got the head coaching job at my alma mater. And um, you know, this, and so I was flooded with uh, texts and okay, phone calls good. and not water. Um, Did any of your kids get get in on that that pipe that broke and all that? It just hit one of our assistant. It just missed one of our assistant coaches, and um, I don't believe any of the players got hit by it. But it was very close to a couple, so. We know a few families that got hit by it. It was just brutal. Oh, boy. So next week you go, right? And you don't know who you play yet. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think we were the first team to punch our ticket yeah. to state. So we will be just kind of checking out what's going on over the next few days. And what's really cool is it's graduation today. So oh, our team cool. has the, Yeah, our team has the day off. They'll be wearing their medals at graduation. We'll go watch, hang out at the football field. I'll 
you know, start, I'll walk up there. It's like three blocks from my house in about an hour and um, just have a great night with the guys to celebrate. Um, and then tomorrow we have our banquet and we'll have a short practice. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll get after it. And then uh, yep. Tuesday we'll start things up over at CHS. Lots of fun stuff. Congratulations, Coach. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Brian Kelly, St. Louis Park for the first time in 70 years, the state tournament. When we come back, Terry Steinbach breaks down the Twins and the Yankees plus Twins Ticket Tuesday on WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.